0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Failure Friday, where we talk about friends, clients, and sometimes complete strangers, although I have yet to have a complete stranger on here. And we talk about failure, and how it has shaped us in our personal, but it's turned out so far to be mostly professional careers, and how we can help other people that are in a similar stage, a similar trial, and how we can uh, propel them forward with our own experiences. And today we have a friend who turned out as someone that we hired for their services, but turned this is the best type of relationships where you hire someone, they turn out to be a beautiful people, an authentic soul, and then they become a friend. And today we have Heather Spurlock. She's an qu- aquatic behavioral specialist with certifications from Infant Swimming, Nicholas Children's Reno Adaptive Aquatics, and IBCCES Autism and she has such an amazing story. Heather, thank you so much for being here. Uh, Why don't you kind of lay the land, tell us how you ended up in this field or career and just a little bit about yourself.
1: Um, So it'll get heavy first, I'm sorry. Um, So we found out about Infant Swimming Resource and teaching uh, self-rescue um from a newspaper article that was published about our son's drowning um, stephen drowned in may of 2013 and um, you know they put all your business out in the media and so somebody commented on social media that we should have done isr and at that point um, i was like hey what is that Um, and so I went on to research that. And, um, after enrolling my kids in ISR for self-rescue skills, um, we then decided that I was going to become an instructor.
0: Not that smoothly. I'm sure that is not.
1: Um, I mean, there were years later, obviously, but, um, it's personal and professional. The whole thing is tied together. Um, So, uh, you know, our lessons were indoors uh, here in Jacksonville and I would stand poolside and I know, you know, um, with my sunglasses on watching them go through lessons um, just so that they couldn't see that I was in tears watching them. Uh, I knew that they were safe, I knew that they were okay, but just watching the whole experience um it was hard for me especially after experiencing the tragedy of losing um Stephen to drowning uh when we first you know had him in the water um we took them to a different type of lesson it was mommy and me they taught us um you know how to have a fun time that water was fun and um and and that was all that we learned so we essentially told You know, our child, we communicated to him that this is a fun thing for you to do. Enjoy it. There's, you know, no harm in it. And um, and so he wasn't skilled by any means. He couldn't swim. He couldn't do anything in the water without me holding him. Um, And so at that point, we put him in flotation devices, Um, whether it be a puddle jumper or the bathing suit with the flotation inside of it. Um, he was always in one every time that we had him in the pool. And um, the day that he drowned, they changed him out of that um, flotation device. They put him into his regular clothes. They put all the kids down for naps. And he was the last one to be put down. She was changing somebody's diaper um, and he jumped back in the pool, just like he had done every single time. Prior to that, he would go to the deep end, he would jump in, wiggle his way, because I'm not gonna call it swimming, um, to -hmm. the steps, get out, walk back around, and then do it over and again. And so, while my husband and I were at work that day, I can only imagine that that's exactly what happened um, the day that he did drown, was that he thought he was capable of swimming, and every time he had jumped in prior to that, he floated back to the surface. And because he didn't have that suit on, um, it didn't bring him back up to the surface.
0: Um, this is the first time I've ever heard you tell this story, which I get. I, I think I thought.
1: So you weren't there. No, um, so I actually, and I told you I wasn't gonna tell you this, but um, I am, uh, or I was a certified teacher. I taught elementary school. And prior to that, um, I taught preschool for many years. Um, and so I was in my classroom at um, Arlington Country Day and Stephen was working um, at One to One Financial. And um, I'm assuming they called him first. The details are kind of fuzzy. I didn't have reception oh my in my God. classroom. Um, this particular day we woke up that morning and he got up at like one or two o'clock in the morning and he wanted to play and Stephen got up and played with him at like Uh, 1am. It wasn't your typical day and so He loves, he loved daycare. Um, There were no transition issues, but that morning he sat by the door in tears and he didn't want to go. I was nine months pregnant with London and um, I had made up my mind. I was going into work that day. I was going to put in my notice, tell them it would be my last day. I was going to go out on maternity leave. And so um, the substitute was supposed to be at my classroom at noon. She was an hour late um, in that time. Uh, was when Stephen drowned. And so I missed the call. I don't even remember how they got a hold of me, but uh, uh, they just told me to go to the hospital and nobody would tell me what was going on. And so it wasn't until we got to the hospital that we actually found out what had happened.
0: Wow. Um, How long between this I don't, I don't even have a word for worse than tragedy. Like I like my stomach hurts right now because like I don't sorry. I just can't. No, don't apologize. Like this is what you have to deal with every single day. and um, it's what makes you good at what you do.
1: Right. but the the whole thing was that it took a lot of searching. Um, it wasn't it wasn't why did this happen to us, but what do we do with it? and um so for three years i it was yeah it was three years i'm like okay well what am i supposed to do with it i mean i can sulk about it and i do have my days um some are harder than others um, but what yes. are we supposed to do with this and so um you know i just waited like for an answer because I had no idea, and there are so many foundations out there that are raising money for these lessons and providing, you know, whether it be CPR or different types of self-rescue lessons or even um, counseling to these families. Um, but I, you know, we thought that that was the direction we were supposed to go. I mean, I've always known that I was supposed to be teaching. I just had no idea that it wasn't going to be in your traditional classroom setting. And so um, it was about three years. I walked out of these swim lessons in uh, on San Jose, right down the street from you guys, um, mm-hmm. and and clear as day, God was like, "This is it. This is what I want you to do." And um, I was like, all right, so maybe- You had a moment of clarity like that? Absolutely. And so, but yeah. <laughs> there was, there's always that moment of questioning. I had no pool, Kindle, we had no money. Um, when Stephen died, Arlington Country Day fired me on the spot. Um, afterwards, they said my termination reason was we hope you find peace. So within a month, I lost oh, my God. son, oh. I lost my job and I had my daughter and, um, when I tell you, like, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know which way was that. Had it not been for my mom being here for me and helping me with, with London, uh, there's no telling where that child would be right now. But, um, you know, just...
0: <laughs> for the audience, London is a brilliant child. She actually just got busted in school for running a nail salon out of the bathroom. Right. <laughs> so she's fine in case you're wondering
1: she's totally fine my mother did an amazing job when i just needed that time um and so you know i i didn't know what i was supposed to do and so we're coming out of these lessons my kids are a year and six months apart so london um, is eight and jeremiah will be um seven next week um so, you know, I get in the car, who knows why we're still sitting in the parking lot. Sometime you just need that time. And, mm-hmm. and like I said, it was clear as day. And, and so I went home, I researched it. I found out how much it cost. And um, I was like, all right, is this a joke? I have no pool. I do not have that money to pay for the training. We don't have a fence. We don't have a pool fence. We don't have alarms. We have nothing to run a swim school. And um, and when I tell you within the week, everything that I needed um, to do the training, to pay for it, the pool, everything was donated within one That's week. That's God, man. That is God. Me. And so I was like, all right, this is really what I'm supposed to be God. doing because the whole time I'm like, are you kidding me? Is this a joke? And... Um, So I'm working a full time job, one that I picked up on my own, which I did often and and God and I have gone back and forth with that. He's like, if you'll just let me take care of it, Heather. (laughs) Um, So anyway, like I'm juggling, you know, part time swim and full time. um, I was working for uh, First Coast Service Options doing Medicare stuff and um, I have like four kids on the schedule so it was like one every hour there was ten minutes where I would disappear during the day um, and so then I'd run out to teach the kid come back in and go back to work and um, so I kept telling steven i was like i'm supposed to be doing doing this full time i'm not supposed to be spreading myself then um trying Mm -hmm. to do all these things this is where i'm supposed to be and he's like well you need to hold on until may because um it's not full time at that point when i first started um i didn't have enough clientele and so i said but i really think that um, I need to stop doing this other job and commit fully to this. And when I tell you the minute I put in my two weeks notice from First Coast, that was when my, my schedule exploded, like all the business that I didn't think I would ever had. Uh, it just, it happened. And um, you were shortly after that, that you reached out. But- um, Really? It was within like a year or so of me going oh, full wow. time. Yeah, so I tried to to stretch it out as long as possible um, because I didn't have the faith enough to take that leap to go from that um, paycheck that you knew you were gonna get and you knew how much it was going to be, and it came every single you know pay period. Um, to completely running my own business and relying on the fact that those students were going to be there and that I was going to be able to teach and make money. Um, And so now it's turned into an amazing um, business, but I I guess I don't always see it that way. Like I just enjoy what I do. Um, I don't see it as a job necessarily um, to the point where I don't know how to say no. And so I get myself spread so thin um, but I couldn't imagine it being any other way.
0: Yes, that is, a, in my practice, I, I, most of my clients are business owners and that is the biggest issues that there's like a step, there's a step of a, a thriving small business. And then there's that step where, okay, it's time to scale. It's time to hire, or we're going to stay this size. And that's, that's where you're struggling right now is, do I take this step? Do I bring someone on? Do I... That means I make less money. It means the quality of my service could decline, but it also means I can grow and take on more clients. And it's the hardest first step for any small business.
1: It is, and because too, you know, I I still want to do the foundation aspect of it as well, but Mm -hmm. I'm the one teaching and so finding out how to, like you said, have that balance. I'm the one that has to be in the pool at the end of the day. I can't outsource that. I can't bring anybody else on to do that. It has to be me. So whereas I can you know, have somebody do the scheduling and whatnot, I am the one that has to be in the water. So in order for me to um, see the foundation um, grow and blossom to what I would like for it to be, um, you know, like you said, I've got to find those other people to put in place, but I have to be able to trust them to take that on.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, and that's gonna take time, which is something, in The op- so for the audience, there's, and on season and off season and stop me heather if you can explain this better but when the water is cold what's the temperature that you prefer
1: so i cannot teach um isr regulations are 78 to 88 okay. so if it's below 78 water temperature or above 88 water t- temperature i can't teach in it and then outdoor oh. temperature has to be above 60 um degrees outside but if you're teaching at 60 degrees outside temperature with a 78 degree water temperature, your child is freezing. Yeah, <laughs> And so am
0: I. And so are you. So I don't know if that, if, I don't know how you could possibly see Stephen's death as failure, but which failure do you want to bring into this?
1: I think, and so that, it was hard to separate personal and professional with, this entire story I've, I've tried the the failure on my part um, not saying i am a failure but the failure yeah. on on my end was lack of research into swim programs um and also um i'd say lack of research on flotation devices and how to properly use them
0: so was that there at this time
1: Yes, absolutely. It's been there the entire time. So I think, so those were my failures. I didn't do the research. ISR has been around, uh, I'm probably gonna misquote, over 50 years is what I'm gonna say. Over 50 years. No way. It has been in Jacksonville. No way. Kendall, it has been in Jacksonville for 20 something years. And when I tell you, I was so angry, um, not only with myself because we didn't know about it, Um, But at the same time, you know, with the instructors here because why are you guys not singing this at the top of your lungs? And so when I got into the water and my business exploded and I was teaching from eight o'clock in the morning to 7.30 at night, I understood why we're not hearing from the instructors because there's not enough of us and we are spending every single second we have in the water trying to make sure that these kids have the skills that they need to prevent drowning um because there there are very few other programs not that i'm going to mention names but um that like isr in in this area um that offer the rigorous uh certification um, that isr does we go through Um, My training was a little bit longer than everybody else's because I would not let them let me leave training without 100% me being confident that I was capable of teaching other students. Um, But typically it is six to eight weeks, eight hours a day um, in water and in book learning um, and and it's not paid. So it's a full-time job where you're learning how to become an ISR instructor um, and so, you know, I couldn't even afford childcare at that point. And we were, we were $5,000 behind on childcare at, um, the center that our kids were going to. And, you know, you get a week or two behind and they're kicking your kid out and nobody said a word to us. Um, so everything you know truly fell into place and and god truly worked it out for us so that um, i was able to complete that training and um, for the first session i taught out of my instructor's pool and then after that you know i had different clients that would allow me to teach out of their pool so we go into um you know people's backyards teaching out of their residential pools Um, and some of them will say hey you can bring other people with you and um, and then I'll put together a couple hours worth of students that live in that area and just teach out of of the pools that people allow me to work in
0: so my question would be, what what would you have to do to train other instructors to be ISR certified? Because that's a lot more scalable, right? You can have multiple people in one pool at a time in charge individually and add massive value because in that way, you truly are solving, providing a solution to the tragedy that
1: happened. Exactly. Um, so personally, for me to be in the water training them, I have to have several more years and probably thousands oh. more students under the belt. And then there's a whole nother um, program. How many more be- years? I don't know for certain, but um, there's a master instructor program. Um, but I think bigger scale than that, which is part of where we would like to go as far as foundation is concerned. Um, I, for one, want to help cover the um, like gatherings, almost like an event each year, retreat would be a better word for it, uh, to bring the families together to where they're with people that have experienced the same tragedy, but they're also doing things um, at that retreat uh, that promote healing. And so that would, that would be ideally where I would wanna go with that, but I'd also like to cover um, scholarships for students as well as um, instructors. The training for ISR is $12,500. Wow. It is. And so, um, I mean, and, and at the time that I was becoming an instructor, they wanted it all up front. I didn't have money to put food on my table. So how was I supposed to come up with that? Um, and like I said, God worked that out for us, but um, you know, does everybody have that same experience? No. I have a friend that I referred, she's a nurse, and, um, and they approved her for the program, but she's a single mom with uh, four kids and one of them special needs. There's no way she can um, come up with the money to pay for the training. So there's a potential instructor that's just sitting wayside because um, financially they can't afford the training.
0: So what could someone in a similar situation as you were, but at any stage, whether it's, maybe not many people are going to have the same inspirational event quotation mark that gets them into this field. Maybe no one else, I maybe, mean, but I mean, what someone trying to get into this, who doesn't have the funds, what can they do? Are there foundations out there that do this already?
1: Um, There is one, Live Like Jake, and she's the one that provided. um, Her name's Carrie Morrison, and her son Jake drowned a couple months after Stephen. But she uh, currently offers um, scholarships for siblings of children who have drowned, as well as um, financially, people who need that. Um, There's income verifications that she does. But if you fall within a certain range, um, they offer scholarships. And and as long as the instructor accepts it, um, they're able to do that for the students. And then she's just recently added on a portion. She doesn't pay the entire amount of the training, but she pays some of it. And the exchange I believe for that is that the instructor has to teach so many students um, that are scholarship. So that's the only thing that currently exists. Yes, in this area, um, she is in um, Palm Beach area. But oh wow, yeah. Um, so she was the first one that that I'm aware of that offered scholarships, um, as far as for the survival lessons. Um, and I don't even remember. I think it was. When we reached out to um, the swim school that we took our kids to, they connected us with her um, as far as scholarships were concerned because that was just not something that we would have been able to do.
0: So one thing that AJ did. So AJ's always wanted his own foundation, but I, I. I just managed so much stuff to make sure that he really just has to focus on football. That I, I was honest with him and I was like, I can't, I can't take on another project. I'm afraid so, to. But wait, so his agent um, referred us to. His name's Eddie. I can't recall the company that he works for, but if anybody's interested, I will share that information. Uh, And what he does, they set up the foundation, they manage the foundation, they host the events, and they are nonprofit themselves. And in exchange, when they host a fundraising event, they take a percentage of the fundraising, which in the end is totally worth it because AJ, all he does is show up. That's all he does. He doesn't worry about anything. They have the board. They satisfy all of the administrative stuff that would be a good solution.
1: It would. It absolutely is because that has been the biggest part of what's held me up. Is that, like I said, I I know where I need to be, and as much as I want to, um, to start that foundation, the baby. Um, I know that it's not something that I can do, and then the legal aspect of it, and and there's just so many things that that I don't know, and that scares me in that sense. So it was funny you said that because when we were talking about um, fear of failure, that's what has kept me from going with the foundation is because i i don't know what i'm doing and so um because they're you know if you step, then then that could potentially uh, be a really bad thing and so um, that would be
0: yeah i'll definitely i'll i think he only works with professional athletes but he prefers out there's other institutions that work with individuals I'm and definitely i definitely not that- a professional athlete <laughs> no but i mean there's other foundations yeah, that yeah. i yes that, that i think that'd be such a great solution and i mean the goal here is just to provide the training to provide the scholarships to these people it doesn't you don't have to put in the blood sweat and tears you're not trying to make money at, at right. doing no, it you're not trying I'm to not. have a tax shelter
1: absolutely you're trying
0: not and you want to continue with your business. Would you ever, as far as scalability of your business, would you ever want to bring on more instructors?
1: It's definitely a possibility. I think the, um, and the two would have to coincide, um, is that more instructors, but also a central location, um, so that everybody can work within the same pool, um, but also uh, having an indoor location. I really struggled this year with weather. Uh, it rained so much this summer that um, consistency is key. These lessons are five days a week up to 10 minutes each day and so the same kids are getting rained out every single day or you know whether it be lightning or or just pouring rain um, that they're not getting the consistency and so those lessons were taking longer um, which then kept other children from being in the water uh, so the the consistency is huge and then having um, a location that we can all work out of and the reason I say it would take more than than one instructor is because of the cost of having an in door um facility is is phenomenal like it's just i think one of the ladies that um started one up they've since closed it um it was like 70 80,000 just to start it and then the uh monthly bills were five six thousand dollars yeah that sounds about right right so it would take many of us in one location to do so But the the instructor aspect of it, you know, just the educating alone um, outside of the swim lessons that, you know, we see everywhere we turn um, the flotation devices on these kids and and people don't realize the false security that they're giving them. So there's so much more than just the in-water aspect of um, teaching kids self-rescue.
0: This seems like a stupid question, but why, if they are truly so harmful in developmentally, in a developmental aspect, why are they allowed to be bought and sold?
1: So they are, they are meant to be used on uh, open water, in open water, on boats or, you know, watercraft type things. Um, However, we are marketing them in the swim aisle with the bathing suits and goggles and all of the other things, and so I, you know, I made the same mistake when when we had Stephen. I didn't read what the thing said. I didn't pull it up online to see. Yes, it says it's Coast Guard approved, but it's not approved for swimming. None of these devices are actually approved to swim in um, because they hold the child vertical in the water and the the vertical posture is drowning posture. And so um, we also, you know typically the children are younger and when we take them off, they don't know what's doing the work, whether it's them or the device. And like in my son's case, he didn't know that that's what kept them afloat. And so he tried to do the same thing without it and he didn't resurface because there was nobody there to get him out.
0: Speak to that again, the vertical position is the drowning position. What does
1: that mean? So um, the flotation device holds you straight up and down. Um, And I have this wonderful uh, flyer for that to demonstrate it. Um, But when you are straight up and down, you're not able to move forward or backward, you're just stuck. And so if you are treading water, you're just wasting energy, but you can't move anywhere because you're vertical. And so that's why it's so important for you to be horizontal so that you can move forward and you're progressing towards whatever it is that you're trying to grab. Whereas with our self-rescue lessons, say there's no edge, Um, the child learns after they uh, turned a year and they start walking, they learn to swim for a couple seconds, turn over and float to get a good breath. And then flip back Mm -hmm. over to swim again so that they can either get to the steps the side or whatever it is Um, but the key difference in isr lessons is that the child learns to float um, and so that they're able to get air as opposed to your other lessons that teach them how to swim but they don't teach them how to get air so with the exception of that child popping up for a quick second to get air they don't get enough um, breath to continue swimming any distance and so um, they end up tiring out and and end up drowning before they're able to get to a side or stairs because they're not getting enough air and that just little pop-up for breath.
0: Yeah, it really is an amazing process. In the beginning, I-
1: I, I know it was hard. It. I
0: could not, I, I literally would not be here. Like I would, I would watch on the camera to make sure that you were there and that the baby was in the pool. But I mean, I-, I could not my poor nanny like she at the time it, we had Caroline and Cece and they both would text me and they were like oh this I don't know if this is working but that there, there's a day where you come out and your kid she Heather will throw your kid in like a somersault position into the water and they just go Boop.
1: gently and just, push them over.
0: Yes. I mean, it's, but it's amazing. You're like, you're like, oh my God. And I will, I don't know if I ever told you this, Heather, but Kenny shortly after she graduated, she fell in the pool. I was out there with her. And, um, and so is AJ. And this is a difference between a mom and a, and a dad. AJ's freaking out. And I'm like, wait, that's
1: wrong. She does. Right. And that was the exact thing that she needed to do because so often um we we run in to rescue and we don't give them the opportunity to use those skills and so had aj had aj jumped in to get her and not let her use her skills you would have put it on extinction and what that means is that she would have stopped doing it and so there would have been a time where she could have fallen in and not turned over because she expected the rescue exactly and it it was
0: I was so proud because it's scared she fell in and there's definitely a good 5 seconds where she like it's she's in that vertical position. She's struggling. You she, can you can see she's freaking out in the water. But then she she's floats like, I know out what to do. Screaming, still screaming when she comes right, up for air back. They're
1: crying and they're on their back, they're breathing. Crying is breathing. And I know that that sounds horrible and I try not to tell it's my parents that because it it just I don't know. It, it doesn't sound like something I would want to hear as a parent. But the reality is, is that. When do they cry outside of swimming lessons? I know that that's a lot of the focus, but we have to realize that with these lessons, we are forcing this child to do something that they did not ask to do. They did not sign up for it. They didn't tell you they wanted to do it. And so we were telling them, you are going to do this because it is good for you, um, and this could save your life. And so um, my children hated the car seat. We couldn't go anywhere without them screaming their heads off in the back seat. Did I not put them in the car seat? because they were screaming? Absolutely not. They went in that seat, they got buckled every single time and we went where we needed to go, but they were going to be in that seat because that's what kept them safe. And so I look at these lessons as the same thing. Um, You know, London's in competitive cheer right now. And I have so many parents that, hey, I don't have 10 minutes. You know, I don't have the time for it. Um, I can't I can't come to you five days a week and and or I don't want to hear my child cry but you know what Um, last week was Steven's 11th birthday I would have given anything to hear him cry Mm -hmm. just for for 10 minutes I'm sorry
0: (laughs) no cry you
1: run out of things to say Um, year after year it's just it's hard Um, whether it be birthday or the day that he drowned or the day that he died, I mean, or, or Christmas or Mother's Day. Um, you know, I have two beautiful children here, but that doesn't replace him. Uh, and, and, you know, there's always that empty chair. He's not here. And I would give anything in this world, because it's a total of almost six hours in these lessons, um, I, just to hear him cry for six hours that's the reality of it and so um and I even tell parents when we start lessons if your child is crying I'm able to hear their inhalations and when they exhale so I know when to uh, submerge them so that they're not submerging on an inhale Uh, so it's actually helpful for me when we're first training them to have breath control uh, if they're crying and uh, I know it's not pleasant I would love for your child I would love for every child to enjoy it some of them do some of them don't um they will adventure. there's some kids that enjoy it absolutely I was teaching um serial
0: killers straight no,
1: up. no no I was teaching a little guy um man it must have been my second or third season in the water and uh he's he's about uh artist's age and he fell asleep floating in the pool no he didn't mm-hmm. I refused to believe. He sure did. (laughs) I was like, all right, what am I supposed to do? He's sleeping. (laughs) I don't want to wake him up. You don't wake sleeping. That's insane. But no, he doesn't sleep in the pool. Um, So I just let him float. I mean, what was I supposed to do? I couldn't. What lesson was that? Um, That was just the rollback to float that uh, artist did this past season. So next.
0: So So like, like, was that like his second, his third, his 15th lesson? Who knows? Oh my gosh. Um,
1: gosh, but he was just so comfortable and he went right off to sleep. And, uh, and so his mom, I want to say his mom reached out. It was, it had to have been 2020 cause it was COVID and, um, my schedule is full. I, I couldn't. And so, uh, I said, Hey, you know, I'll try to get him in. I wanted this kid back in the water, especially if he was going to sleep. Like those were easy babies. Yeah. <laughs> That's an easy one. Yeah, well, artist was was a good baby too. He was very buoyant.
0: Compared, to, yeah, I have some videos. He's very buoyant. He's fat as hell. <laughs> just floats.
1: He it was amazing. Floats. I was like, yes. Because some of the babies aren't really easy, and you're like, I don't think I could do this, even though you know you can. You've done it over and over. You taught hundreds of students. You still have those moments where I don't know what I'm doing, even though you know you know what you're doing. And I, I put artist in the water, and of course I'm nervous because it's your baby. And um, an artist just came right up to the surface. I was like, yes, it's gonna be a good yeah, one. He
0: he's a, he has a health. I can't wait for him to do swim lessons because we did artist a lot a lot earlier than we did Kenny, which I highly recommend, guys. Like,
1: but I different. before
0: before we conclude, I want to take the different perspective. So we said, what is the next step for someone who wants to take the class? Tell me a little bit about someone who just lost a child. Maybe a child who, maybe specifically a child who drowned. What is a way for them to navigate through this? Like what what helps, I can't even imagine, but what are some coping mechanisms that were truly helpful and maybe even healthy? I don't know if those two things can exist right after this happens.
1: Right. Well, you know, I, I'm gonna to be totally honest with you. And like I told you before, was it took us almost three years to, after Steven's accident, to get them in lessons. And, um, you know, I told myself a bunch of lies. I'm, I'm just going to be totally honest. I told myself it can't happen to my other children. I've already lost one. Like he couldn't possibly take another one away from me. And um, so we stopped going to any body of water. Um, we, you know, I I didn't, I couldn't even bathe my kids. And, um, So then after a couple years of that, I had gotten a message from somebody and it said that their, um, pray for their niece, that she was napping with their two-year-old. The two-year-old woke up while the mother who was pregnant was still napping and um, he made it to the bathroom and he drowned in the bathtub. And so it was in that, moment that I realized that while I was avoiding all these bodies of water, A, we have to sleep, and B, we all have bathrooms in our homes, or we should.
0: Oh, and we're in Florida. There's pools everywhere.
1: Right. And Well, I'm not even from Florida, so I had no idea. Um, But those were the things that I told myself, and and we didn't go to anything water for a very long time. Um, And so it it took somebody telling me that uh, they're, they're, you know, grandchild, niece, nephew, whatever, drowned in a bathtub. And I was like, okay, well, um, we have to get my kids in lessons. And so, you know, I even tell parents to this day, um, it's one of those fake it until you make it moments. Um, I taught a kid two seasons ago who drowned. Um, It was a non-fatal drowning in um, Pensacola, I believe.
0: I didn't even think that could happen. That's how it does.
1: I can share that with you some other time, but non fatal drowning, she's perfectly fine, nothing wrong. One month after her drowning, they had her in the water with me. And, um, Whoa. and which was great because it happened. She had no recollection of it. So there's nothing stopping her from doing it again uh, because, you know, the child was two or three. So because she didn't remember any of it, um, what was to say that she wasn't going to walk right back out to the next pool and jump right in, just like she did before. Whereas, why why well, didn't she remember any of it, do you think? Don't, I have no idea. I don't, I don't know. Um, and so grandma got her in with me, and um, I took it super slow because, A, I have the knowledge of losing your child to drowning. Um, B, I know that um, there is going to be some hesitancy Um, on their parts and also the trauma of her drowning um, for the grandparent. Uh, So I just made sure that I was over explaining everything to them so that they understood um, and built that trust with them so that they were okay with, you know, the lessons for the child. And um, they brought her back to me this past season and she's a little fish, she's amazing. Um, And so, Uh, It it takes longer um, dealing with ones that have drowned um, or with the families who have lost a child to drowning. Whereas, you know, hers was non-fatal. So you had fatal um, with injury. I meant fatal uh, obviously is death, but non-fatal with injury and then non-fatal, no injury. Um, And so she was non-fatal, no injury. Uh, We hear a lot about dry drowning and and whatnot. drowning doesn't exist. It implies that you drowned and there was no water involved. Um, so, just knowing those terms, those are key. But um, it's it's something as far as somebody who's been through it and getting into these lessons, it's a very slow process, slower than than you know what we do with a typical child. And um, and my motto is fake it till you make it. I put on my sunglasses inside, um, and I never I didn't let my kids see that I was crying or that you know I was really upset watching them do it but man there's the positive uh, reinforcement once they're done with lessons uh, it's so so important um, and just knowing that you are giving your child a skill that could save their life makes it totally uh, worth yeah. it for me.
0: I'm gonna ask you a hard question um, Do you feel, obviously it's rewarding in the way that you're making a difference, but do you feel like these lessons are adding to the trauma of your experience in any way?
1: I would say no. Um, I find myself in off season right now with nothing to do, and it's the hardest thing. Um, I find that being in the water, um, in those lessons, um, you know that you're making that difference, but you also, your mind is, is you know, focused on something. Whereas when I'm sitting here in the off season and I'm not taking on this job or that job, um, I have all the time in the world to think of what it could be or you know, what he would be like. And not that I don't have those thoughts, but I feel like it's the sole focus um, when I don't have uh, something that I'm doing. Which is something that, you know, this year and next year, my focus has been um, becoming better me, whether it be dealing with the trauma or um, anything else going on, just being the best me so that I am able to um, give 100% to everybody else instead of trying to pour from an empty cup.
0: Yeah, Yeah, that's, I mean, that translates across every single industry, every career, every no matter what you're I mean you cannot pour from an empty cup
1: you can't and I felt like I was getting there and so then you know we're in a place now that we can you know do some of those things and um and that was part of why I want to um add in the aspect of counseling to our foundation because a lot of it's not covered the the therapy needed is not covered with insurance and not to mention the people that don't have insurance so
0: so what is the next step for you in your business? Obviously for the foundation, it's just getting it started. You're starting the paperwork, but in your business, what is the next step that you're gonna take in 2022?
1: So next step, um, uh, I'm gonna try to- If you to wanna, wanna share it. it. I, I have no problem with sharing. I am all over the place. I drive from North Jacksonville, almost to St. Augustine daily. Um, so, We've really got to um, focus on our area. I'm still gonna take all of my clients that I've had previously, but I'm not going to spread myself so thin because it really needs to be grown on our side um, because I'm the only instructor from, um, I'd say, Riverside into Georgia.
0: If you were to partner with an instructor, what type what type of process would you go through? Would you want to go through to ensure that that's a good fit?
1: Um, I would probably definitely say we'd spend some time together in a pool. I think that it's you know it's awesome when you do have another instructor to work with. Um, because the simple fact that if you're struggling with something, you know, to have an outside or to be able to look in, um, they may have a different perspective than you do. And so um, having that other person in the water is is so helpful. Um, And then two, you can work together to provide those lessons and um, some of the children are able to pick up on those things quicker. Um, But I find that yeah, I do really well working with other people Um, I think the key is just for me that, you know, it's not just about making money. Yes, you can make great money, but it's so much more than that to me. And and I think that if you have that same mindset um, and you're willing to work hard, um, I'm I'm gonna be just fine working in the water with you.
0: And what, what are some positive characteristics, psychology, attributes that have come from your version of of this trial or failure like what how has it changed you and how has that made you better at your job
1: i would say and I, i probably have said it before is that the empathy and compassion because of having gone through it that i bring to the table um in addition to the certifications and and my education um, I feel that, that those things are m- most beneficial um, just simply because I know what the other side looks like and um, I don't want that for anybody and so um, and I let my parents know that, you know, we, we are living this every single day and so if there's anything that I can do to help you to keep that from happening to you, then that's what I want to do.
0: So you think it made you more compassionate,
1: um, more empathetic, especially to the children? Like I said, I don't, you know, I don't want your kid to cry. I want them to enjoy it, but at the same time, um, lovingly, um, we're able to skill them, and uh, and and it's not just a self-rescue skill. They learn to swim, and they get to have a good time in the water. Um, you know, Kenny went from being very hesitant to. Uh, She enjoyed the lessons. Yeah. No, but it's really cool to
0: watch. It's, I would say from the parent's perspective, as as someone who only has the experience of ISR, you have to be consistent. It's like with anything, really. But it's just because it's your child and we dote on our children, it's, you have to keep doing it, even if you don't see improvement because all of a sudden one day it's gonna get a lot better and you'll be like, oh wow, yeah, yeah, that wasn't, wasn't that, that bad, bad today. today. And then it's no. just, it, but it happens really fast after you get to that day,
1: that, that day, day where it's, it's like a
0: fake cry. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh, like you did get did that fake today. cry. She did great today, she was crying, but like it was a fake cry, like she was making herself cry and then every day is easier after that.
1: But so, she knew, she knew that she, she was with with Heather me. and I, you know, because like, I don't want him to, like I know she enjoys it and so those days that she would come out, especially there on the end, it, it just wasn't what she wanted to do that day and so I felt so bad and like, all right, well, we're going to do it and, um, and as long as you no, show me that you're doing a great job, then you're on your way. But then she would look forward to you coming, so it
0: would... She wanted you to be there. And it was, th- I, I cried the day I was here. I like took a day off from work and I was like, I'm gonna see, cause Cece was like, she's doing so good. And I was like, I'm gonna see. And, and she she was excited when you got here. And I, it was just, she wanted it to be longer. And it was, I, I cried cause I was like, oh,
1: we're here. We she made, it. made it. She's we're safe. <laughs> right. She's safe. Guys with artists next year.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll play that one by year. He's still pretty buoyant, so he's got that going for him.
1: That's a good thing. If, if people, people want to reach
0: out, out, out to you, Heather, how would you prefer they reach out to you?
1: Um, so, if they want to get me specifically, my website is tosavelives.com and it's the number two spelled out. So, T W O SaveLives.com. Um, if they're looking for um, infant swim lessons, they you know, you can find the closest instructor to you by either putting in your zip code or your address at infantswim.com, and um, it'll pull up whoever's the closest instructors to you uh, and you can reach out to them. Um, typically we have our emails and our phone numbers listed. Um, there's lessons globally. Um, the majority of the instructors are in the United States, but um, there are some instructors in other countries as well.
0: Are you okay if people who are trying to get into the industry reach out to you or people that would be interested in meeting with you for partnering or getting in the pool with you?
1: Absolutely. I, um, I also have parents who have lost their children to drowning. Um, they reach out as well and I'm totally okay with that.
0: Wonderful. And yeah, I'm sure you can share a lot of those resources with them as well. Um, thank you so much for coming on here. You hold a special place in my heart. You really do. I'm not just, just saying, saying thank that. Thank you.
1: I appreciate you guys. Will.
0: You've definitely become a little bit more in our lives than the, the, the swim instructor. And I, I, that I really
1: enjoy it. I've, I've enjoyed the uh, the time spent with your children in the water working with them. and um, And then even outside of that, we've really, really enjoyed getting to know you guys. Thank you.
0: And that is our episode of Failure Friday. We're going to have all of Heather's contact information, website, ways to contact her. I want anyone, whatever direction you're coming from, to reach out to Heather. She truly is an expert in this space. Obviously coming from a very personal place as well. Um, Thank you so much. And uh, I'll talk to you probably tomorrow. Awesome. Thanks, love. All
1: righty.